So what is God like? I hope what I might have to say on this surprises a bunch of listeners. I have so many people that come to me and they're like, oh, I don't believe in your God. And then I say, okay, tell me, tell me about that. And then sometimes when they start talking, it's like, I can say with them, well, I don't believe in that God either. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think I myself am still being surprised by, oh, wait a second. I thought God was that way. And, 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 and God is this way. Mm-hmm. There's this timeless, unchanging revealing of who God is. And yet there's this ongoing dynamic relational component mm-hmm. where I'm still discovering. Hey, everyone. Welcome on to The Walk Podcast. We want this to be a place where we can answer honest questions, talk about hard issues, and walk alongside one another as we explore how spirituality fits into real life. I'm your host, Gil Shelsby, and today we are talking to Ben Kacharis. Ben is the lead pastor of Mountain Christian Church. He has his roots in Minnesota, lived in East Tennessee where he finished a master's degree while serving the local church, and now Maryland has been his home for over 25 years. Ben loves a lot of different things, but at the top of his list are his wife, Carla, and his three grown children, his dog, Larry, the Minnesota Vikings, pickleball, closely rivaled by tennis, and has a deep disdain for cats. Ben has a passion for equipping people to live life to the fullest and live on mission for Jesus. It was really special to have Ben on for a conversation around this question, who is God? When you think of God, there may be a hundred different pictures that come to mind. Whatever that picture looks like for you, I hope this time with Ben brings clarity, offers hope, and teaches you the way that it taught me. I learned a lot by sitting down with Ben and left inspired to dig deeper in my relationship with God after our conversation. I hope it does the same for you. Let's jump in. Well, hey, friends. Today, we're going to have, I think, a really fun, I think interesting conversation and probably an important conversation around a seemingly basic question. We'll see. This question of like, who is God? I think this question can be confusing to us for many reasons. I think we can all have a hundred different pictures in our mind of who God is, what God is like, and what we ought to believe about God. But we just want to sit here and have a conversation. And with me today to figure out, answer all our questions and figure it out is Ben Kacharis. Welcome on, Ben. Hi, Gil. It's fun to be hanging out with you. You are you are officially the Walkman. You're the Walkman. The Walkman. You know, you're the voice of the Walk. What is a Walkman for? Like maybe for the Gen Z audience or even millennial. I was audience. an early adopter and had a Walkman. It was a little thing about the size. Oh gosh, I can't even describe it without using antiquated terms. But yeah, I had put a cassette tape in there, and then you tucked it to your belt when you went jogging, which was also a thing. And then you had these cheesy little earphones that you would put on it's called a walkman the original airpods if you will yeah before cds even all that jazz yeah yeah so good walk i like it i like the idea because we're all walking somewhere so i like this glad to be here yeah well you know i mean you ben you're a you're a pastor you talk about god a lot think about god a lot a lot of different ways i think what makes this question so difficult to answer is there's like so many commonly held beliefs about who God is based off of what religion we grew up with or cultural assumptions or experience with church, maybe all that stuff. Maybe you think about God as just like some 
big white guy in the sky mm-hmm. or you think, you think of Morgan Freeman or something like right, that right. or some like disembodied spirit in the sky, right? That the old song, Spirit in the Sky. Norman Greenbaum. That's right. There you go. You know it. There's all these pictures that come to mind. and I think it kind of makes it so, so difficult. So Ben, you're a pastor. You think about these things often. Yeah. What do you think makes this question so difficult? Oh, I think that's such, it's such a good question and so important to wrestle with it. It you know, the, the the basic question behind it all is kind of like, well, how would we know? How do we find out? So I'm going to give some answers based on what I think, but what, is it just what I think versus what any other guess? You know, so that's that's the first question that's kind of lurking behind the whole who is God question is where do you go for answers to that one? And, you know, I, I think about the, just popped in my head of this little girl who's drawn a picture in class and the teacher comes by and says, what are you doing? She says, I'm drawing a picture of God. And teacher's like, you can't, no one knows what God looks like. And she's like, well, they will when I'm done. (laughs) Everyone has some idea of God in their mind. And I'm kind of glad, by the way, that we're starting there Mm -hmm. because we're kind of skipping over another pretty macro question, which I bet some listeners, because I know there's a lot of listeners that really are are on different places in this whole bigger question, like, does God even exist? Mm Mm-hmm. So that's a fair question, and I'll just let you tackle that with someone else that's, some other day. That's right. So, but but that's a that's a fair question, kind of behind it. And mm-hmm. if we're going to say then, if God exists, what is God like? You have to figure out well, where are you going to go for answers for that? And and so, the the first thing I guess I would say, rather than say, okay, well, the Bible says or something like that, I I always think it's helpful to back up just a little bit and acknowledge, Gil, that everybody. Whether we want to admit it or not, whether we're Christian or non-Christian or atheist or whatever, there's this universal longing for something more, for meaning in life, for mm-hmm. transcendence, for purpose, for something that's a little bit bigger than this. There's something about our time. There's a lot of different religious, spiritual options out there. Like mm-hmm. just, it's all over. All of us are kind of finding our way to figuring out what this God thing is about. It kind of does stem from this place of a spiritual hunger, just a, a desire for something a little bit more, maybe to explain my purpose. How do I fit in the world and mm-hmm. those sorts of things? Mm-hmm. I think young people, like people my age and, and even younger are asking those questions like daily. I think it's it's a super, super common thing. Yeah. All these things and paying attention to them are important to kind of get our arms around or at least let them sink into our hearts a little bit before we start jumping into like, well, who is God? Because what, what it is, is it's, it's this universal quest. It's not just like a Sunday school answer. It's like, this is like mm-hmm. huge. Like, is there meaning? Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there any order to anything? Is, is there a being? Is there a personality behind reality? Or are we just here, neurons bumping in, you know, firing in our brains and and you know so these are big big questions mm-hmm. and and I think more and more people are are interested in the question Pat was it Pascal Blaise Pascal French mathematician 17th century or whatever said there's a god-shaped hole mm-hmm. in every human heart you know which is asking this question that we're asking today mm-hmm. and the, the so the christian answer best voice maybe by another guy, Augustine, third century says, our hearts are restless till they rest in you. So in other words, the thing that we most long for is what God is. Mm-hmm. With the assumption in the Christian and Hebrew viewpoint also, that there is a being, a relational being, who, who is the, the unmoved mover behind everything who created, made us, and has designed relationship for us with God's self, 
and has a deep desire to draw us back to himself and that all of that is inside of us. Yeah, there's something about being a human being that like, I don't care who you are, you're creating a way to, to think and, and ponder that question, like the deepest desires of your hearts to become, to become real and manifest and those sorts of things. Yeah. Like, I think everyone's kind of in that, in that place of wrestling with us. It's, inter it's interesting that, you know, yeah, the, the Christian thing kind yeah. of addresses that. In some it, it does. It dares to say the thing you would dream up if you were going to come up with like the best ending to this story that we're in is actually true. Mm -hmm. And so this, how is this God known? That's pretty much what the whole story of the Bible is. What it seems to me to be is like a story mm -hmm. that just kind of says, I want to tell you the story of this God who is the one who made everything and made you and me with design and purpose and order. And it got kind of screwed up, but he's, he's on it and he's inviting us through a love relationship back mm -hmm. into to his plan to redeem and restore everything to the way he wants it to be. Mm -hmm. And that we live in that space right now where he's still at work and we're invited to be working along with him. But that's what the whole story is. It's like historical. It's like he comes in real space and time and mm -hmm. plunges into the timeline of human history. Mm -hmm. And starts interacting with real dudes like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and like making these promises called covenants that are going to be like, we're going we're gonna to do this right? and I'm going to use you to bless mm -hmm. the whole world and bring everyone back to myself. And so it's historical. I just got back from Israel with your dad, right? And your mom, That's right? right? Yeah. We got back from Israel a little bit ago. These are real places. You walked, you walked we there. We walked there yeah. where, you know, Abraham went up on a hill and we could have gone with, you know, where Moses is like, God says, I need you to go do something for me to get my people out of, out of Egypt. And all of those are actions, and each one of them reveals something about God. Mm. Again, we tend to pick up on the ones that we stick, we notice the most, but all those actions of God through history, like he's this guy, he shows up through prophets and, and his nation, and, and he's like calling people to faithfulness and to be good and to be a blessing in the world for his purposes. Jesus says, I am God. You've seen me. You've seen the Father. You, you, and he says, my spirit, it basically is Jesus. In, it, it is the spirit of Jesus mm -hmm. who he leaves with us. So we got this Trinity thing going, Father, mm -hmm. Son, Spirit, all three of them in this relationship that are God. And Jesus says, you want to see what that looks like? Look at me. And then the scriptures come along and they're like, well, these eyewitnesses recorded a lot of details of what Jesus did, what he was like, what his attitude was, what he did do, what he didn't do. So... On the one hand, God is this unknowable creature. On the other hand, it's like he's very knowable mm. and very definable and very, you know, there are some things that are very much in the character of Jesus and very much out of character of Jesus. And, uh, you know, it's one of, the, one of the saddest things sometimes is people who are created in the image of God behave very much unlike the God whose image they're mm -hmm. created in. To say we're created in the image of God means that we're meant to look like Jesus, mm -hmm. you know? And that's ultimately what Jesus called us to do is to follow him and try to imitate him. So all the actions of God in history are one of the ways that we, we know who God is. And they connect to another thing is there's lots of names for God, which kind of aren't just like, you know, hey, my name is sticker you put on at a party, but they're kind of like his identity. Mm. You can learn a lot about who God is by, his, by the names of God. And by the way, I keep saying his because that's kind of a traditional way. God is not a male. Mm -hmm. uh, not, a, not a male or a female, but in the Bible, both very masculine and feminine traits are, mm -hmm. are applied to God all the time. We know God as father, and it's tr troublesome for some people because they maybe don't have a great relationship with their father. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, if that's, a, you know, maybe that's a hard thing for a person to relate to. I'd yeah. imagine with that, all the stuff that you just named about like God is both this personal thing. He's like a father. 
close to us in, in the sense that he transcends anything our fathers could ever do and, and mm-hmm. much better. He is personal and relational like like a father and at the same time so much better than any father right. in the entire world. It's exactly. crazy to think about, yeah. Um, you mentioned a lot of things just now about God's names. You mentioned Jesus, the Father, maybe the Holy Spirit, like what all these different names for God. So you mentioned the Trinity. Would you maybe unpack that a little bit? I know there's that can be confusing for a lot of us. Yeah, it's about. confusing. It is. It's it's a it's a mystery. So let's just acknowledge that that this God who reveals God's self to us is known in, in, in God's own nature as three in one. So not many gods, but one God and three persons who are each referred to as God. And most typically then God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. Again, not three gods, but three persons who together make up this one God. So Jesus refers to God, the father with whom he has relationship, refers to himself as God, the son and his spirit. so deeply connected with both of them. So, you know, it's mind boggling to understand it and get our minds wrapped around it. But in, in a nutshell, you know, the Father is that one we talked about, who is this transcendent, almighty, you know, to be feared God, who also then walks in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve in the garden, and who then reveals God's self most clearly in the coming of Jesus Christ, who then comes and walks among us as a humble, weak baby, becomes a servant of others, eventually surrenders his power and authority to death on a cross so that, you know, others can have this new life that is also through serving. And so that that Jesus, the son then is the one who expresses God's love most clearly on the cross, his sacrificial love for us. Mm-hmm. And as he prepares to depart after his resurrection, says, I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm going to stay with you. And we're like, what? No, I'm leaving, but I'm going to stay with you. What do you mean? He says, I'm leaving my spirit. I'm leaving this Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit then lingers behind and is a promise to every single person who sort of opens their life to this God as this sort of God in the present tense, this mm-hmm. God who, who is the spirit who brings conviction and counsel, like, you know, helps us remember what's right and wrong, helps us like curb some of our desires that get a little wonky sometimes, like a little circuit judge in the brain kind of reminds us stuff and gives us gifts to use. Mm-hmm. The fruit of the spirit in our life looks like Jesus, like love, joy, peace, patience, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, and, and Jesus says, I'll be with you always. I'll be with you always. I'll be with you always. So, so God the Father is both this transcendent thing. He's also Abba Daddy. And you got Jesus who's like the one who comes among us and for us and with us. And he says, I, I got to go now, but I'm leaving you my spirit. So I'm not really gone. Mm-hmm. So we have God right with us, in us even in us, within us. And that's the beauty of that, of that triune God who, who kind of just manifests God's self in that beautiful way. Yeah, and the spirit, like I think is one of those things that for us, like God makes sense. God is a father or, or you know, Jesus, the son, who's this historical man. I think a lot of us where we get off the train and maybe forget a little bit is this Holy Spirit thing, mm-hmm. this like thing that's happening now in front of us and is with us and it's the helper and all that stuff. Say more about the Holy Spirit, because I think there's a lot of us are in this yeah. place of maybe we don't understand as much. It's like so. the forgotten. It's like the it's like the middle child, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, that sort right. of gets forgotten. So it's so true. Yeah, the the Holy Spirit is is I've heard it described as as Spirit is Jesus with us. It's like God in the present tense with us, and 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 the Bible actually promises within us. Mm. Like so, we become actually guided by this sort of inner movement where our when our thoughts kind of become more God thoughts, because the Spirit's in us, helping us, and 
guiding us. So it, you know, the the functions of the spirit in my life and in in a person's life are are so beautiful. It's like the longing that the people had in the Old Testament to be near God. And the best they got was like a cloud by day and a pillar of fire, or you know, a tablet from the mountain. And they felt sometimes like this distance. And yet Jesus says, "It'll never be that way again. I'm with you always, it, no matter what." That promise from like, "I'll be with you even in the the, the valley in the shadow of darkness." And that's the Holy Spirit. So it's it's comfort. Like there's inexplicable comfort and peace that people who follow God and walk with God have in the middle of the worst stuff. They're going through cancer and the house burns down. They're like, I can't explain it. I had this peace and they know, oh, wait, that was the Spirit. And it's also conviction. Like it's kind of like an inner, inner guidance that when you feel a nudge, sometimes you can just feel it. You just know, oh, wait, yeah. I don't think I had that thought myself. I think the Holy Spirit kind of like when your wheels start to go off the road and you feel a little rumble strip, it's the Holy Spirit going, are you sure you want to do this? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can go right past it if you want to. It's not going to bully you, but it's a reminder. Mm-hmm. This counseling, the word for Holy Spirit is actually paraclete. It means like the one who comes alongside us. Mm-hmm. It's like whatever you're going through, God's right there with you. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And then it gives gifts to us. You have amazing gifts that God somehow gave you through his mm-hmm. spirit and then empowers you to, to have strength to use them. And then the fruit, the Bible talks about fruit of the spirit. Like when your tree is planted in God, there's stuff that comes out of your life. Mm-hmm. And you can tell a tree by its fruit. And people who are planted in God have the fruit of the spirit, which is like love and joy and peace. Everybody wants more of that in their life. You mm-hmm. know, patience, kindness, goodness. All this great stuff that comes when the Holy Spirit becomes part of our life. And it's, it's a, the Holy Spirit is not an it, it's a it's person. It's mm-hmm. like Father, Son, Spirit is this beautiful personal way of always guiding and being with. And, you know, my mom is alone now, you know, her, her husband of 72 years died. And she's like, I'm just, I'm with, hanging out with Jesus. And, and she can feel the presence of the Spirit of God mm-hmm. every day with her. It's, it's like Jesus in the present tense, in her living room. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to you speak recently and you were talking about, you know, there's this little thing in Romans 8 where Paul is just like, you know, we have these groans within us of like stuff we're dealing with. Why is the world the way it is? It says we're just a groaning, all of creation is just groaning inwardly for just like something else. And the way you talked about it was so interesting because you were like, yeah, the spirit comes in and just takes that and just takes it up to God. He oh. says, I'll take it from here, basically, yeah. and, and guides us there. It's a beautiful way of thinking about how the Spirit just, yeah. use the word intercede on our behalf, but it is that helper, right? It knows it just you comes so along. well that when you can't put it into words. Right, yeah, yeah. He's just like, I know what you mean. Yeah. I got you, I'll tell, I'll tell the Father. I got it, take it from here. I'll tell the Father. <laughs> it's good to know you've got a God that knows you and loves you that much. You mentioned there's this big story that gives us probably some key insights about who God is what would you say is like the starting place of like, maybe you want to reference scripture or whatever it is, but this question of who is God, like mm-hmm. within that story, where would you begin? You can read the first that? three chapters of the, of the book of the, of the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, read, read Genesis one, two, and three. It's kind of like the prototypical story of our human family and God's interaction with it. And it's kind of, there's so many things in there, you know, it's like you see this God who's creative and loving from the beginning. He has, a, he has affection and, and regard for his creation and for his people and how we are created in his image. And you learn a lot about who God is and how things that God intended got spoiled and what he's going to do about it right in the first three, four chapters. That's one place. Mm. I would probably send people, honestly, right after that to Jesus. That's 
ultimately the the way that the Christian vision brings us from this broad picture of who God is down to a laser focus mm. is Jesus. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You you have seen God. Jesus himself claimed to be God. He called himself the Son of God, which wasn't like I was born from him. It meant like I'm of the same nature mm -hmm. as God. And so scripture wants to say God's revealed himself in lots of ways. Read the Old Testament, sure. Read the whole Bible if you want to. But if you want to just like, where do I go? Hang out with Jesus. Because he said, if you hang out with me, you're going to be able to see it. Because a lot of people get troubled by What's that Old Testament stuff? The culture is so strange and some of the behaviors of God are so strange. What's this war thing going on? And what's this? It's just some some of it's harder, but it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to hang around with Jesus. We just read the gospel of Mark and just walk around with Jesus and look over his shoulder and look how he treats people. Mm -hmm. And you see the heart of God. Look how he treats people who are kicked to the curb of life mm -hmm. and how he treats like religious, snooty, judgmental know-it-alls. He doesn't have a lot of good to say about them. Mm -hmm. And you learn a lot about the heart of God. And you look at how he cared for, you know, women who were pushed down and, you know, ignored or, 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 or men who were forgotten or people who were sick, you know, and it's a very hopeful picture. It's like, oh my gosh, this mm -hmm. God actually came down to the planet in person, which is unfathomable yeah. in person, you know, became a baby, you know, who had to have his diapers changed and grew up and had pimples and fully human and fully God, the Bible says. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild to to think about because ultimately, like the the answer to the question, right? What is God like? What you're saying is God is like Jesus. It seems like when God is not revealed as Jesus, like the person of Jesus, and God is just like whatever we make him up to be, maybe in our heads, even Christians, like Christians do this all the time. You look at the world we're living in, and it's like everything I'm seeing. It's like God loves this, He hates this. Like we're attaching God to whatever, maybe our agenda, political our stuff, or yeah. preference. Yeah, like yeah. all that stuff. When God is just that big thing that is okay with whatever we're doing, it seems like, right, you can you can abuse that in some real ways. Yep. I mean, you look at, yeah, history. Christians have, have done this a lot. Bending it to our own. Yeah, that's that whole, you know, creating God in our own image sure. thing again. So, yeah. So I don't know if I were to sum all that up, what is, who is God? I think we, we get a God who's personal. It's not like this vague philosophy or, you know, some force, you know, or something like that. It's like very personal, like has a name. He reveals God's self, like to Moses, I am, I am who I am, you know, gives him name and, and says, I'll be with you. This being who's personal, that's a big deal. And then second, like really consistent and faithful, like God's very nature can't change. Like he doesn't have an off day. Like he doesn't mm -hmm. try to be good. He's just like, by definition, mm -hmm. God is good and pure and loving and light and goodness. And that there is an opposition, an anti-God force in the world as well, the Bible says, you know, that there's this, and we all kind of feel that, I think, every day. There's this, some kind of anti-God force, power, work at, in the world, and we feel it even within our own selves sometimes. And that's kind of, you know, the opposite of whatever God is, which is mm -hmm. goodness and purity and light and so forth. So personal, you know, consistent or faithful, we might say, good. You know, a lot of people wonder if God's any good at all. Mm -hmm. You know, is God good? But is he just this barbaric, nasty, mean, capricious warmonger? Or, or is God ultimately good? The Bible says, yeah, absolutely good. And then millions of people have corroborated that in their own experience. Mm -hmm. And then powerful. You know, certainly has the ability to create and there's evidence of miracles, but also there's the sustaining power of God 
you know, holding everything together as it is, and then loving, and yet balancing that love with, you know, justice and fairness, and a sort of jealous God that's like wants a reciprocal relationship so desperately that, you know, can't abide us, mm-hmm. you know, doing our own thing and and going away. He would rather have us say no than force mm-hmm. us to love him. Mm-hmm. So you put all that together, and it's quite an interesting composite that is not that old man with the gray beard in the sky. It's not a neutral force. It's not some kind of checked out, you know, deity that no longer really cares, but it's this personal God who is good and powerful and loving, and most of all is relational, wants to connect with his creatures so desperately that he will risk it all I mean, he could have forced us to just somehow just come mm-hmm. around back to him, but he risks it all for the prospect of love. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, would you love me back? And he would, he'll wait for that and risk the fact that we'll say no. There's an author I love that says, fellowship is the hidden key to the universe. Mm-hmm. Like relationship is what that author means. Like because of who God is, like it's the key to everything. Like. And it's, it's, we're relational beings and, and that's what, that's what, that's who God is. Yeah. So, so what is God like? I, I hope what, what I might have to say on this surprises a bunch of listeners. I have so many people that come to me and they're like, I don't believe in your God. And then I say, okay, tell me, tell me about that. And then sometimes when they start talking, it's like, I can say with them, I don't believe in that God either. And I, and I think I myself am still being surprised by, oh, wait a second. I thought God was that way and, 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 and God is this way. Mm-hmm. So there's this, there's this timeless, unchanging revealing of who God is. And yet there's this ongoing dynamic relational component mm-hmm. where I'm still discovering. Like I would, I'm getting to know you better, Gil. I've known mm-hmm. you your whole life, but I'm getting to know you better. And the same can be true of this eternal being in the Christian view. It's always important to remember when we're talking about God, like we're not going to get a neat, tidy little definition because after all, we're, we're talking not about a red wagon here. We're talking about the most complex, majestic, huge being that our tiny minds can't even fathom. That by definition, God is beyond our ways. The Bible actually says, you know, my ways aren't your ways. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. So don't try to get me in a box. And yet that's what we're here trying to do. We're saying, okay, I get you, God, but we're going to define you on a podcast now. The Bible wants to hold out before us this idea that there's this, this sort of two things to hold in tension at the same time whenever we talk about God. And on the one hand, God is this, I'll use the word transcendent, meaning like not completely of this world at all, like mm-hmm. other and like awe-inspiring, like wholly different and beyond his ways are not our ways kind of like wow there's a mystery to this grand and this is why we sometimes build huge cathedrals because it's like our mm-hmm. way of saying god is really awesome and yeah. big and this is this is the best we can do yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that steeple's supposed to point way up there because he's up there somewhere yeah and and that's one of the pictures that the scriptures hold out for us is that in fact god is like way way beyond us there's a there's a point where where there's a guy named Job who is like, he's, he just has a horrible life. All this suffering happens in his life. And he's like yelling at God, which is like totally fine. He's like, God, what's going on here? He's just shaking his fist in God's uh-huh. face. And then, but finally at the end, you know, God speaks and says, Job, excuse me, can you shut up for a second? Let me talk. 
And so for 41 chapters, he's been complaining. And then God just says, sort of, you know, where were you when I made everything? And, you know, <laughs> I don't recall asking you, you know, what I should do when I fashioned the universe. Mm. And, and at the end of that reminder of like, Job, there are things you probably just don't understand. And you're going to have to trust me on this. Mm. I'm who I am and I'm good. And Job just kind of puts his hand over his mouth and says, you're right. Mm -hmm. I know one thing, my redeemer lives and you're good. And, you know, and it's not a story about like, just shut up and don't ask questions. It's a story about don't, don't be surprised if your best attempt can never quite fully get your mind wrapped around mm -hmm. the transcendence, the bigness, the grandeur, the mystery. Mm -hmm. If you have a God totally figured out, I don't want that God because I'm okay with a few unanswered questions if long as God knows. And by the way, some religions have just the big, the big you know, yeah. other God, but, but scripture says there's also another side and, and it's not transcendence, it's imminence. It's not far awayness, it's closeness. Mm -hmm. It's not like a holy other and hard to understand and unscrutable, but intimate mm -hmm. and totally known and revealing of himself. You're the God who at one point says to one of the prophets, Hey, when you're crying, I see you. I, I got your tears in my bottle. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I just, I've got your name written on the palm of my hand. I know the number of hairs on your head. Jesus says, you know, it's like, that's a pretty, that's an amazing stretch. I would imagine most people, like when we think about God, we kind of tend to only think about maybe the, the transcendence thing that you were talking about. Like in my mind, God is the biggest thing I can imagine. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's kind of it. It's like, that's all I can really figure out is like, yeah. he's big, he's up there and he's involved with the world in some way. But I think that- Or not. Or not, yeah. Or he or started he's, yeah. it and checked out. He's on checked vacation, out. wound it up like a clock and he's, yeah. you know, it's just running on its the own. Humans messed it up, so he's out yeah. of Yeah. Or the other side, Gil, I mean, I think there's another version of that where it's like, God is my little buddy and he's just really, really close. And he's like the, my good luck charm. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was a kid, I carried a rabbit's foot. That was a fad. Uh -huh. you, ever, you ever see those? Is that so old? <laughs> no, that's, that's another one. People are going to know what I'm talking time. about. We actually, they would sell rabbit's foot and they would dye them different colors and it was like a lucky rabbit's foot because you could tell, and it's like God was like my lucky rabbit's foot. Mm -hmm. You know, you pray when you get in trouble and that kind of thing, but he's close to you when you need him, mm -hmm. but you don't really think of him as being in charge because there's so many scary things in the world. And well, how do you answer suffering if you're really as powerful? And I think there's an equal number of people that maybe on, on the other side just kind of latch onto a version of God that's just kind of like really close and intimate, but not really useful for much, mm -hmm. but handy when you need a, a buddy. And yes, scripture says both are kind of there. So I think you've got this idea of this God that's beyond, you know, let all mortal flesh keep silence before such a holy God. Moses going up on the mountain, like don't even look in the face because if you, if you did, it burned your eyeballs out kind of God, holy, respectful, and yet known and willing to come close to you. I mean, that's a, that's a huge statement, right? Like at the core of the universe, the meaning of the universe essentially like is a fundamentally like top to bottom relational, personal God. Yeah. That ought to have some implications about, yeah, right. Yeah, gosh, how we live life. And we wonder and, why we, why we don't feel right when all of our relationships are screwed up. Yeah. Because we're relational beings. We're made in that image, you know? In an image of a Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God. Some writers will say like, before the world was created, you had God existing happily in this sort of little triune community, Father, Son, Spirit, just jiving and loving it, just like mm -hmm. having a great time, like in a little circle dance, they call it. Mm -hmm. Like, just like, and think of the most intimate, awesome campfire chat you've had with your closest friends in the moment when all was right with the world and you were all connected and there was no sideways weirdness. Everyone was just like together. And that's like maybe just the smallest taste of what 
the preexistent God was, mm-hmm. and then he creates out of that to, to create more relational beings in his image. So, I mean, God's, image, yeah, right? what you're saying is God isn't just like, he's not relational in the sense that he's like good with people or like, you <laughs> right, know, like right. enjoys being around people. No, like you're saying top to bottom, like what God is made of, yeah. like the stuff that God is made of is, yeah relationships community it, it it this is everything the bible seems to be wanting to say from us from the very beginning and and like the first the crowning pinnacle of of creation the whole thing that was driving toward mm-hmm. the pinnacle which was i'm gonna make one like me mm-hmm. in my image male and female together they're in god's image and i'm gonna create them for this relationship and it exists this beautiful thing where like they're chilling with each other they have what the bible calls shalom peace with each mm-hmm. other that's relational like Everything's working. The world worked. There was no brokenness and sin and cancer and kids hungry and none of that. It was awesome. And then they were connected to God relationally. So when you're connected to the world, to one another mm-hmm. and to God, that's the Bible calls shalom. It's like, awesome. That's relational perfection. And, and it didn't last that long because we kind of screwed it up. It's like, you know what? I think, I think I don't trust this God as much, you know? So uh-huh. Adam and Eve are the prototypical humans who are, who are just doing the same thing we always do. You know, it's just like, I don't know if I really need thanks, you. Thanks, but no you. thanks. Thanks, yeah. but no thanks. <laughs> We're good. I don't need you right now. So we go our own way and that's how everything kind of gets corrupted and tainted. And then that's the whole rescue plan that the Bible tells us about is this God will not be denied the opportunity to connect relationally with us. Mm-hmm. And it comes to us through history, through the covenants, through the whole Testament tells it's God's bid for fellowship with us again. Like, will you come home? It's the prodigal son story. That's what it is, which is a story about this kid who squanders his daddy's money and goes off and lives like hell for a while and just, you know, tears it up and mm-hmm. then comes dragging home eventually when he's out of money. And everyone's mad at him except the father who's like, ah, I'm so glad to see you and runs to him and hugs him. And because that's, and Jesus says, you wanna know what God's like? That's what he's like. Mm-hmm. That's, that's God. It's a relational God. And he's got a bid for fellowship with everyone who's listening to this. Like, mm-hmm. so we're somewhere in that journey, right? We're either like, connected to him in shalom of the garden or we're like yeah we're kind of running away right now we're not listening or whatever i find it really yeah beautiful we kind of live in the church world and we're pastors and we have conversations and talk about god all the time whether you're preaching or whatever but seven days a week you're a human being there's something comforting and beautiful knowing that just i mean this is the way i connect with god the way i think about it too it's just like all any longing that i have for all the things you just named justice like beauty goodness, relationship, like human needs, things that are like placed inside of us, no matter who we are, are in some way satisfied in God. And, and at least at the very least, I find comfort in knowing like there is a God who embodies all of those all things. Of and we're just living in that existence. So I couldn't agree more. I think that's what Ecclesiastes, I think it's Ecclesiastes 3, 11 or whatever, means when it says like God plants eternity in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And not only is it like God is all that stuff, I think he plants that stuff. Th- those are all like signposts to help lead us home. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I don't, if I grew up in a crappy church that just like messed me up and I, I can't believe church has anything to do with truth anymore, but I, I still have all these longings. Mm-hmm. I still have a desire for beauty. I still want to do some good in the world. I just, you know, eventually all that's going to lead us back, you know, to the, I think the God who is behind mm-hmm. it all. And we can maybe find a fresh expression with a group of people who are like saying, let's try it again and and do it right. If you were someone who's just beginning to to ask a couple of these Mm -hmm. questions, what's God about? Like, what's his deal? 
And maybe we feel that, like the stuff you just named, just like this sense of eternity in my heart. Like I'm just meant for, mm-hmm. you know, something more, like something a little bigger, something a little more fulfilling. And I just like, for a person who's wanting to walk down that road and think like a little bit more about God and press in a little deeper, what would be a next step for someone to kind of just continue to explore this a little more? Man, I, I, I would first of all just say, I'm so glad that you're listening to this podcast because it shows that you have an open mind. And I think that's, that's a, a lot of the tricky part here is that a lot of us, we live in a time when we just get our minds made up. Mm-hmm. Christians get their mind made up about God and they never grow from there and they have a truncated version of God. Mm-hmm. People who are atheists or just don't believe in God just make their mind up. But if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're open just to kind of say, I really do want to be a, a hungry person on a walk here, a journey to search for truth. And the beautiful thing about God is he, he kind of promises, he, if, you, if you're kind of looking for me, you'll find me. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna come knock your door down. He's not gonna come yell at you and grab you by the nape of the neck and say, I'm here. It's why he came as a baby in a backwater town mm-hmm. and you could opt in or not. It's, it's kind of up, up to you. And I would say just live in that space. Like just know it's okay. Wherever you are, it's okay. But I would continue to be honest about a journey. And then I would ask yourself like, what are the unspoken longings of your heart Hmm. and try to name them? Like if you died today, what would be the regrets? Cause our regrets always inform us. Hmm. So if, if, if I had a pile of regrets, like what's my regret? I wish I spent more time with my family. Okay. So what's that? What is that? Why is that? My dog's not asking that question. Yeah. You know, of course he wants to spend more time with his family too, but yeah. For a different reason. He's not asking why. <laughs> right. He's not asking why. <laughs> He's not pondering. What, what are the regrets that if you died today, you know, it's like, I wish I had done something more with my life. You know, where, what is that? And I would just say, be as honest as you can be and, and try to understand where that might come from. Quite frankly, the atheistic perspective says that is all just, you're programmed to kind of, in the same way that a lion instinctively goes on a hunt, you just kind of have some wiring and neurons that are firing that make you think of things that we today call God mm-hmm. or, you know, meaning or value because we're kind of a little more evolved species. But, you know, I knew a woman that had that exact view and she had a baby and she was holding that baby in her arms one day, looking at it and trying to understand really, is this really just a bundle of neurons that are firing and it's all happens? And she says, I don't believe it. What I feel in my heart is a love so strong that it, it feels like it's, telling me about another world that is not just explained in in this two-dimensional plane Mm -hmm. that science can explain. There's so many things that that just need answers. So I would just encourage a person to be as honest as you could about the regrets you'd have if you died today, the longings that you have in your heart. How would you name them? And then if you have courage, kind of ask, where do you think that might come from? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could dare at some point to try on the Christian answer if you want for a little while and see how see how it fits, which is that well, God made you and loves you and you kind of have that God-shaped hole in you. And that's, that's why you feel that longing. That's why you cry at a funeral because you know that this is not the way things are supposed to be. It seems like what, based off of what you're saying, like we're free to do that as human beings. Absolutely. Like it's not, God isn't just this religious thing that we gather and talk about and pray to, but you, yeah, you're free as a human being to go on that walk and discern for yourself and figure out and explore. Yeah. And uh, apparently God's there and he's, he's guiding you and walking you through that. I find that, that really beautiful. He's yeah. very patient and everyone's journey back to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say that intentionally because I think we all 
if we end up with God at all, it's that it's a journey back to God. Mm-hmm. And it's and they all are very, very different. You know, some people it's a dramatic sort of thing, and others it's sort of a kicking and screaming thing, and others it's an intellectual journey, and others it's just like when I got to rock bottom after my divorce, after my mother died, after, you know, my addiction, I looked at life differently. And so however it is, doesn't matter. I, I think God will honor your journey and he's waiting patiently, mm-hmm. you know, for, a, for that connection of relationship. Mm-hmm. Right on, see if it fits. Yeah, that's really great. That's all really, really good stuff. Maybe just as we kind of wrap up, obviously a, we could spend hours and hours talking about all of this stuff. But for you in your own journey with God, maybe in your own life or your story, the things you know, what's the thing about Jesus and the God thing that is the most compelling thing to you? Mm. Yeah, for me, it's a suffering God and a resurrected God. Like, I know that sounds kind of, I don't know, high and highfalutin or something, but honestly, when you're bawling your eyes out, in your room at night because of something that is just deeply painful to you. If you have a God who's like distant and cold and far away, that's one thing. But if you have a God who's like, oh man, I get it. I know I've been there and I'm sorry. And I'm with you right now in that moment. You not only have a God who can help you fix it, but one who if, if chooses not to, will be with you through it. And that means so much. That's, that's meant the thing, I, you know, when people talk about the faithfulness of God, that palpable ways that he's been with me through the hardest times and the darkest shadowy, the, 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 the valley of the shadow of death, as the Psalm says. So that's one thing, with you in suffering. But then just, you know, quite frankly, you know that my, my dad just passed and it just mm-hmm. became so crystal clear again about like, if in fact, like the centerpiece of the whole Christian faith is basically this whole Jesus thing. So a bunch of people saw him, like he's not like a made up guy. He's like a historical figure, like, can't deny it. Even atheists have to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And he was alive and they saw him alive. And then they saw him die and they saw him dead, dead, like poke him. He doesn't move kind of dead for three days. And then he's alive again. And a bunch mm-hmm. of people saw him alive again, like hundreds and hundreds of eyewitnesses. Like that's crazy. And if it, if it happened, that changes everything. That means that mm-hmm. the whole story is like, it's exactly the ending we would all hope for. It's the fairy tale ending we would just like write if we were trying to come up with the best ending. Like, you mean death isn't actually the end? Like the way that mm-hmm. he created us was to be with him forever and with each other forever in a world that wasn't screwed up? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I long for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I live with that ache for the way the world is now and a God that walks with me through it and a God that's invited me to help him remake the whole thing over again, how he wants it. And he's going to do it. And he's doing it right now in, in his own time and in his own ways. And we're part of that at our church, but that's what it means to me personally. And just like, it comes down to that. Like a God is with me in my suffering and who, who like had defeated our worst enemy death. And if that's true, it's like, I got a lot of unanswered questions about God. Trust me. I could, I could do a longer podcast on things I don't get about God than yeah. I could about things I get about God. But if, if the resurrection happened and mm-hmm. Jesus is who he said he was and he is now reigning on high, you know, I, I can live with all those Dude, yeah, questions. I mean, everything else kind of like, okay, if, if he can do that, then he's got me. Yeah, I even think about, yeah, people I know even right now who are walking through a season where it's just like, you can't quite see the other side. Just pain after pain after pain. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, there's something about the resurrection that's like, if this is true, if this happened. He will weep you through it. But at the end of the day, he says, there's, there's, there's a morning and, and the resurrection is the promise that he's bigger than it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, yeah, that relational God is going to get his way and he's going to be yeah. at one with his creation and all this. It's a beautiful picture. So, yeah. uh, well, folks, I hope it was comforting and helpful for you as you kind of maybe ask a lot of these questions yourself. Thanks again, Ben. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. It was really fun and hopefully it's been helpful for somebody. I'm so thankful to Ben for sitting down and guiding us through these topics. One thing that I took away from Ben is his reflection that God is revealed to us as a suffering God and a resurrected God. That God knows our pain and that he offers us a resurrection hope. That is good news for all of us. As you all begin processing through all of that, we we want you to know this podcast is a resource of Mountain Christian Church in Maryland, and our door is always open as you explore what you believe. So feel free to reach out and connect anytime. The best way for you to do that is through the email and the show notes. To find links and resources you heard about today, check out the show notes as well. If you found this conversation helpful, please share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here. And until next time, take care and know that we're walking alongside you.